Hey, you're listening to Burst Your Bubble. I'm Josh, and I've got Kyler here with me. We're here to bring you the sharpest sports takes. Today, we're going to hit on some highlights around the NBA, an NFL and 2K partnership, a little coronavirus, and a heated MVP discussion. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Burst Your Bubble. Go ahead, rate, review, and share this with your friends or literally anyone you know. Thanks for listening, and remember, no hard feelings, because more than likely, one of us will burst your bubble. Kyler, I know how much we both have loved what Anchor has given us as a podcasting platform. Ladies and gents, if you haven't heard of Anchor yet, you're missing out. Most importantly, it's free. Anchor gives you the ability to edit and upload your podcast directly from your phone to get anywhere you can get your podcast. Apple Music, Spotify, it'll be there. You can make money from your podcast with minimum listeners. It's literally everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. So, Kyler, what's been going on today, man? Man, did you catch the Trey Young game last night? I did. Wow. Man, double overtime thriller, man. Two big shots by Trey just didn't go down. Man, how about that uh, DeAndre Hunter, bro, that big rebound in uh, the fourth quarter off that Hornets three? I, bro, the whole the – whole... End of the fourth, and the, both of the overtimes were nuts. Cody Martin, rough night for him. He fouled Young on the uh, on the drive in the fourth quarter that put him in the line where he only made one, of course, and that sent to overtime. Uh, Trey got by him in overtime, but missed the floater, of course, sent him to double overtime. And then uh, Kevin Herter, beautiful dish out to DeAndre Hunter again in the corner. Uh, Cody Martin fouled him on a three-point attempt. Ended the game there. Cody Martin, rough night. I like him as a player, but nah, just rough night on defense for him. Trey Young's the fastest player in the NBA history to hit 350 three-pointers. I also saw he was uh, the only player in NBA history to have multiple games in one season of five made threes and 15 assists. Bro, he's deadly. Like he is, he's a guy that people are gonna have to watch. Everyone Man, compares him I'm to Steph, you. But potential to be quicker than Steph, and if he keeps working, to be right up there with him. And that team, the Hawks, man, they've had a a ton of injuries this year, including that uh, Collins suspension. And I think without the even without the Collins suspension, they would be in contention for the playoffs right now. I mean, you see the Wizards; they're probably gonna make the playoffs. The only thing, the my only reservation about Trey Young. Yes, he scores a lot of points, and everyone knows that he can shoot. But is he a good player on a really bad team? And can he thrive if he's not just a one-man superstar running a bad team? Right, you know, the bad stats, you know, good stats, bad team, you know, argument that Devin Booker's been facing for years now. But, I mean, you know, he's he's looking like he's turned, trying to turn that franchise around anyway in, in Phoenix. I think, I think next year, man, not to burst your bubble, but I think – Trey Young and the Hawks will be the three seed next year. With the revitalized lineup with Herter, Herter back from injury, they'll have Cam Reddish off his rookie season, DeAndre Hunter, a high draft pick, John Collins off a stellar season once he got off that once he got off that suspension. Man, I just think I just think the the sky's the limit for this young team, man. Well, I hope you're right, but I I like I said, I've got reservations on if he can step up in the big moments and big games because it's a lot different when you're just, you know, jacking up as many shots as you can on a bad team and hoping you get a few wins where you're having to win games down the stretch to hit a good seed in the playoffs. Yeah, it's very true. 
But, I mean, time will tell. I'm a big fan of Trey Young. Shout out to Trey Young. I think that he's doing great things, and uh, it was fun watching him in the All-Star games as well. Definitely, man. He should have – I think he should have finished the game, and honestly, I think I think most of the Celtics Nation would agree with me there. I think, you know, Kemba should not have – he shouldn't have been in the game because of his knee, um, his knee injury anyway, but I think um, I think Trey would have been a, a better – I think, you know, somebody that just could have taken a jump shot on that team would have been – would have been all they needed in that situation. Yeah, Trey did have a few big turnovers in the All-Star game, though, um, right around the second, right, going into half, right after half. Uh, he turned it over like two or three times consecutively, mm-hmm. which he still made a bunch of big shots, but you got to trade what you can. Yeah, I mean, it's all about the confidence, though. I mean, you know, take what you can with Trey. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, I mean, you're exactly right on that. Like I said, we'll see if he's going to be a good player on a bad team or if he's going to be a good player that can actually hang around and win some playoff games. Yeah, and speaking of uh, good teams and bad players, Lance Stevenson and the Pacers are close on a deal, um, according to The Athletic. Um, what do you think about that, Josh? Uh, I mean, t- to be honest, I don't – I mean, Lance Stevenson, good for him. He played for the Pacers for a while be good for him to finish out his career there, but that's about it for me. I mean, I don't think he's going to go in and make the Pacers a championship team. I, I just don't think he's that kind of player. He gets under people's skin, but I don't think he's a big enough offensive threat, and I, I just don't think he's going to change the franchise significantly. I think it will be good for him uh, to be able to retire out of that franchise if he wants to, but other than that, I don't see much more than that. Yeah, I think other than, other than adding a, a body to come off the bench – had a few minutes and at the end of quarters at the end of the halves I think other than that the the Pacers are, are pretty deep at the wing position so but I think Lance Stevenson always adding some championship pedigree never hurts yeah I mean he's definitely a veteran on the team but like I said I, I'm not a big Pacer believer I don't I mean they're a good regular season team but I mean I'll believe it when I see it well I mean you almost saw him take off King James a couple of years ago didn't you game it took him seven games yeah, but I mean, what? what all, they, all they need is a healthy Oladipo. I mean, he just, he just missed last season because of injury. I mean, he's back. Well, I, I think this team is going to be a force to reckon with this off season or this um this postseason. I gonna... I, do, I completely disagree. I think that you look at the top tier of the East, and I think I mean I just don't think that the Pacers are going to be able to stick around in playoff series. I mean, you you put them against Boston, you put them against Milwaukee. I just don't think that those teams can compete. I don't think the Pacers can compete with those teams. I just don't. Do you, I don't think, think, that, that, do you think they can compete with the Sixers? No, not in the seven not not in the playoff series. With the uh, with the Sixers health right now? I mean well, it, it looks like so it looks like Embiid came is gonna practice tomorrow and I haven't heard any word on Simmons in a while. Well, I'm going with the with the mindset that those guys are going to play come playoff time. And it looks like the Pacers are going to end up probably with the five seed, I would say, and play the Heat first round. I mean, that'll be a good matchup. I, I mean, I just – give me Jimmy Buckets. I, I'm just not a Pacers fan. Give me Jimmy Buckets over the Oladipo and the Pacers. Can't argue with that. Um, Did you see – NFL and 2K announced a partnership today um, for a non-simulation football game. What do you? So with that, I would. Um, so simulation games, basically, you know, you plug in 
plug and push play. You know, you don't really see, you don't really get to play the action, but you see the see the results. So I mean, um, my thoughts on that. Not all I wrote for that. You know, for good for mobile question mark and a price point. So what do you got there? Uh, I mean, I think it's you know good for some, bad for some. I you know two K. Some pe- it's rubbed some people the wrong way with the past couple of uh, basketball games they've put out. I'm an avid 2K player. Shout out to Ronnie uh, and Chris Manning, LD2K. Um, I've got multiple my career players. I play all the time in the park. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a lot of people who were upset with 2K and the way that they rolled out some of their games. But on the flip side, uh, you know, there are people that have not been happy with Madden the past couple yeah. of years. I think, that, I think Madden's made some improvements, but they're also – some other places where it could improve. So this could be the beginning of something cool. I, I'm, you know, I'm not too big on it until I see it actually come out. I'd right. be more, um, I'm more anticipating the NCAA game uh, return and what that can mean for college football. Definitely. Um, that's EA sports. Um, hopefully they can get that up and running probably 2021 or 22. Um, but with the 2k man, imagine. So 2k and NFL had a partnership I think it was 16 years ago is when that ended. So there, there have been uh, NFL 2K games before in the real and you know actual non um, in gameplay action. But imagine this generation of 2K with the NFL, with the my career modes, with the my team, with the all these games that with the my park. Imagine how great that could be, and how how much of a competitor competitor to Madden that could be. I mean, eventually, yeah, it could definitely lead to that. I don't see it uh, competing in the next couple of years, but, you know, 2024, 2025, um, you know, give it some solid years to start, and I think you could see that competitiveness happen. I think it's just hard to take away from Madden and the reputation that it's built uh, to get enough people to switch over to a 2K uh, football game to buy you know, into it. In you know, the I think, I think the NFL it. agrees with you on that, and that's why they um, – I think they – they obviously they, they had to approve 2K doing this, and in that sense, I believe they only gave them permission to do this non-simulation form of form of gameplay. Yeah, exactly. So it looks like uh, everyone's trying to run away from Corona. No, not the beer, the virus. Uh, the NBA, LeBron came out pretty hard yesterday against or two days ago against playing in arenas with no fans. He was adamant that he would not do it, and then he came out today and backtracked that statement real quick and in a hurry, saying that he would think about it depending on the layout that they chose. He'll, he'll listen. He'll listen. Mm-hmm. I said he'll listen. He'll listen to what, what they have to say, but that's, that's as far as LeBron will go on, on the topic. Yeah, exactly. He was very adamant that he would uh, not play in the stadium without fans because he he plays for the fans, and that's the reason that he goes to the stadiums. Mm-hmm. the The big thing on this though is uh, that all I think the NBA, NHL, and MLB, maybe even MLS, are closing access to locker rooms and clubhouses to non essential personnel. So basically, uh, it looks like media is going to be banned or limited access to the players in the locker rooms to prevent the spread of this virus, which you know, I'm a big proponent of maybe you guys should be washing your hands all the time, not just during a uh, global pandemic. Um, if we had more people washing our hands and taking hygiene lessons, and maybe we wouldn't run into all these problems. Yeah, I completely agree with that. 
I mean, the the league saying that they, you know, they're going to consult with infectious disease experts and all this stuff. But I think that uh, at the end of the day, the players want to play, fans want to be there. Um, people get sick all the time. You just got to take all the precautions and wash your dang hands. At the end yeah. of the day, just- yeah, I think it's kind of ironic. You know, they have they have the ban on media in the locker rooms, but um, not the tens of thousands of fans coming in droves to surround and you know i mean do do essentially the same thing but you know i I understand the necessity for it because you know we don't you know we just don't know at this point you know we're just it's it's too unsure and um with that much uncertainty and there's you know there's not a known cure and there won't be for what seems like a year is what i've heard so um you know it's just a real i understand the precautions so we'll see how um if any other sporting events get fans banned like the teams in Santa Clara County who have banned all gatherings of more than a thousand people for the next three weeks. So that includes teams like the Warriors. Um, if they would have, if they have any home games, San Jose, the hockey team, what do you think this is going to lead? Do you think this will lead to more teams following suit or, Will more information need to come out before other teams ban fans as well? I don't think that the league will ban fans or can ban fans until they get more definite information on it. Because it, I mean, everyone is panicking right now, and I understand that you know there's not a cure right now, there's not a vaccine for it. Um, but more people have died with this than the flu. I mean, the numbers are still relatively low. In the United States, deaths have started to happen, but you see that with all diseases. Um, you know, I think people are taking the right steps to mitigate the risk and the spread of this disease. And I think that for leagues to lose on that on all that money and to do all those things, they're going to have to, uh, you know, their lobbyists and the people that they consult with are going to have to take everything into account. And they're going to have to have the best information possible. I just don't see them shutting out fans uh, for a long-term period, losing out on money, uh, season ticket holders and all this. Um, for nothing, they would have to have some good information to do that. Or you right. Would, you would hope right. That. Yeah, and you could tell when LeBron made that statement, you know, talking that, you know, he wouldn't, he wasn't playing without fans. He And he said this today, too, you know, that he didn't actually know that was a conversation going on, uh, you know, behind closed doors that, you know, that was an option that they were seeking. But, um, you know, it seemed, it seemed in jest that he was, that he was doing that and seemed, with the reporter. So he came out today and, you know, said he'll listen to um, the NBA and, you know, see see what they says see what they say is the um the best precaution to to fighting this disease for the the best protocol. One last PSA on that, please, for the love of God, wash your hands. Please wash your hands, people. Wash your hands. All right, Josh. On February 29th, the Bucks were on pace to win seventy games. So far, they're two and four, and Giannis is injured for what seems like the next. They're injured, and he'll be out for what seems like the next, probably week or two. With LeBron securing two big wins this weekend, how likely is it that he wins his fifth MVP? I think that LeBron's MVP case cannot be dismissed at this point. He is playing top level basketball. He is winning without Anthony Davis. He is averaging. I think it's around 29 points in the last 10 games. Uh, he's leading the league in assists. He's being super efficient with the basketball. 
um, the thing that the Bucks have is they're almost seventy or on track to win seventy wins. Um, but LeBron has has been doing a lot in LA. Uh, 25.4 points per night, 10.7 assists. Um, I mean, and he's doing it in every way that you can think of. He's going right at Giannis in the post. He's shooting threes from the logo nowadays. Um, you can't double team him because he'll pass out of it and get an assist from one of his role players. I think, I think the voters are going to have a hard time uh, making the decision because at the end of the day, Giannis is doing incredible things, putting up. I mean, a bad game for Giannis is 20 and 15. I mean, you can't ignore that. Um, right. You know, he's doing it in, in 22 minutes because his team's winning by 38 points. Yeah, which, I mean, all great – I mean, that is all great stats. You, I just don't think that you can overlook what LeBron is doing in L.A. And I feel like a lot of people are, or they have been. I feel like with the last two weeks, uh, people haven't done it as much. But I feel like leading up to them, people have been uh, discounting what he's done so far. Um, I definitely agree with you on that sense that, um, you know, maybe that his his case has been downplayed throughout the season a little bit. Um, but that being said, the MVP race is 82 games. It's not the first 18. It's not the last 18. And this is a narrative-driven sport. It's a narrative-driven league. And therefore, the greatest award in the league is narrative-driven. And in, in, let's go back to November. The narrative was, who's the MVP, Kawhi or Giannis? In December, who's the MVP? Luca or Giannis? In January, who's the MVP? Harden or Giannis? It wasn't until February that LeBron really etched himself into that conversation. And you could say that he was downplayed, and I, I I'm honestly would agree with you there, um, like he is every year. And you could say that, you know, he takes years off, takes months off at a time, and he's, you know, been proven to do that, you know, and picks the spots, you know, in years in Cleveland and the later years in Miami, but that being said, he's the only stats that he is leading Giannis in is minutes and assists. Giannis is leading in points, rebounds, player efficiency rating, and win shares. And Giannis is on pace to with with the recent developments. It looks like he's going to finish second all time in win shares behind Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And win shares is basically just how many wins you're responsible for um, in your team's total. So he's going to eke out of probably about 37 of those. And um, a super, an all-star level is 20. So he's pretty much doubled that. Um, that being said, Giannis is averaging 30, 14, and 6. They're probably going to win 66, 67 games. Um, the clear advantage LeBron has over – Giannis, I think, is a top 20 player on his team. I just think Giannis is lacking that, and LeBron has the third best player in the world. I mean, I get that you can say everyone's talked about Giannis all year, but it's also the fact that this is a narrative-driven league, and I think that a lot of that attributes to the fact that Giannis is in the East, LeBron's in the West with a lot better players. And I think that no matter how hard they try to uh, take away the conferences and with the all-star game and doing all these things, I think you can't take away from the fact that everyone looks at Giannis on a pedestal because he's in the East and there's no one like him in the East. There's no one like Giannis, period. He plays a different kind of basketball, but there's no one in the East that can compare to what he's doing. Uh, Kawhi, Harden, everyone that you named earlier are all in the West. Even Luka, I mean, they're mm -hmm. all in the Western Conference. I think that Giannis sets himself up because he was in the East and he's 
he's in the East playing at a high level, which is a great thing. But I mean, you saw it when LeBron was in the East. The narrative was, you know, LeBron was that player all the time. No matter who was going against in the West, it was always that person and LeBron. I think that when you're playing, when you set yourself up in that conference, you have a a little bit of a nod over those other players because of the situation you put yourself in. I do think that it's like I said, it's going to be hard for the voters. I think that I'm going to give the nod to LeBron. Um, I think that he's going by the end of the season, he's going to put together a complete season. I don't know what's going to happen with Giannis's health. Um, LeBron's playing a lot of minutes, playing a lot of games, uh, playing them well, winning big time games. Um, he's taking the Lakers to the playoffs for the first time in what was it seven or eight years now. Yeah. So, I mean, those are all big things to look at. And, uh, I mean, he's winning He's winning games without Anthony Davis, big games without Anthony Davis. He's putting up the numbers. He has to. He takes over when he needs to in the third and fourth. I, I'm going to give the nod to LeBron. I think that Giannis is incredible and what he's doing is incredible. But at the end of the day, it's most valuable player to the team. And I think that that is uh, LeBron James. I think that he deserves the – most prestigious award. He's 35 years old and the things that he's doing for the Lakers and, you know, building back up a franchise that was losing is very impressive and a hard thing to do. So I just think the voters are just looking for a bigger narrative. It's the reason to pick LeBron over Giannis. And I just think this weekend, you know, two wins, that's just not enough reason for me. And uh, going back, you know, even to, I mean, it's not just him and uh, him and Giannis, it's LeBron and Kawhi, LeBron and Paul George, LeBron and Zion. LeBron's putting up numbers against all the big-time players when he needs to. Well, I mean, so is, so is Giannis. But did Giannis win the game? Giannis, I mean, this is so, a one-game sample size. He's won every other game. Well, I mean, not every other game. They've lost 11 games this year. That's a little less than, than the Lakers. Yeah, a little bit. I just, that, well, I, mean, point. I mean, my point is he's also playing in the East. The East has, <laughs> is not as good as the West is. And like I mean, like I said, you know, the, the MVP race is 82 games, so there is you know 16, 17, 18 games left, and that will matter if if I mean if they come out and Giannis averages 40 points a game in the next three weeks, then he's going to run away with it, and it's not not going to be a discussion. And, people and, are I, and say, I and I and I agree with that. You know, Giannis has a chance to put that away. I just don't think that it's going to happen. I I think that you know Milwaukee might play cautious with him coming back after an injury like that. They want to keep the superstar for the playoffs, and LeBron's going to continue to play at a high level. I just think that at the end of the year, LeBron's going to end up with the resume to. Get I just think when you to. when you can make the argument that LeBron isn't the most valuable player on his team, I don't think you can make the argument that he's the most valuable player in the league. You don't think LeBron is the most valuable player on his team? He, I think he, he is personally, he, but I don't. But people, you can make the argument that he's not. I I don't agree with that. I don't think that you can. Make Anthony the Davis uses percentage is over thirty percent. You think that Anthony Davis is more valuable to the Lakers than LeBron James? You were out of in the mind. end of the games. No, the the way that LeBron passes, runs the offense, he's a one through five. Anthony Davis doesn't do that. He can't do that efficiently. We he did for seven years in New Orleans, and he knocked out the Pelicans one year, swept them. But how? I mean, how many times did he make it to a championship? LeBron has, has been doing it consistently, going to the championships with every team that he goes to. Yeah, and it's obvious that he can't do it anymore just carrying scrubs, and that's why he needs Anthony Davis on his team, a top three player in the what world you, who has a 30% usage percentage, averaged 27 points a game, nine rebounds, because and five assists. Because he has assists. a playing beside him that distributes the ball. That's why LeBron James is leading the league in assists at 10.7. Because well, I mean, this, the ball well, this is the lowest, this lowest he scored in, in four years. So, I mean, 
he's not – I mean, it's not that he was – it's not all him. It's not all LeBron that's causing him to score that much. Yeah, but you can't say that LeBron isn't helping AD become – I mean, be a better player on the team. Just like he's not – LeBron's helping Danny Green. Like, he's helping Caldwell Pope. And you can't say that guys. Anthony Davis isn't helping LeBron. You can't – I mean, Anthony Davis is – you could say he's better than LeBron right now. I mean, he's not no, – obviously, he's not, he's not playing – He's not playing a better a better brand of basketball. He's not running the point better. He's not he's not bringing up the ball and setting the offense better. But if you put them both on the block against each other, I put, I pick Anthony Davis ten times out of ten. He's winning I, that game. I like to burst your bubble, but I think you'd be disappointed about that ten out of ten. Well, I think we're going to disagree on that one. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Sorry for bursting your bubble on the MVP discussion. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Burst Your Bubble, and please rate, review, and continue to share this with your friends and literally everyone you can think of. We've loved the support at the beginning of this, and we want to keep the momentum going. We couldn't do it without you guys, and we really appreciate the support. Thank you, guys, and have a great day.